0: hello hi i'm here can you hear me all right
1: okay great can you hear me yep all right perfect uh how are you doing good good yeah it's great to have you on, on steve it's really really cool
0: all right we rolling
1: yeah yeah it's really cool to have you on thanks for coming on
0: yeah, no problem. I, I appreciate you asking. I don't know if you asked me
1: because you accidentally
0: FaceTime videoed me, but regardless, I appreciate No, no, I interface. have you.
1: I had you on. I did that, but I did have you on my uh, list. I have oh, a huge
0: list. Yeah, and I know it's tremendous. I figured I'd get asked maybe in
1: like uh, 2026 or something. Right. I was just like, you know, usually how I do it is like I try and, if I know the person, which I usually do, I try to like get to know them, like at least kind of become friends with them, so it's not like you know, random. <laughs> yeah, and, it makes uh, sense. yeah that makes sense because
0: if you're talking to somebody and you know them, it's it's more comfortable. You're you you know what to ask, unless you read, right. unless I mean unless they're somewhat, I guess more established and you can just read about them and then go from there. But right,
1: yeah, it's it's really cool because like you, I s- first saw you. Like, I heard about you, and then I think I saw you at uh, um, Allenwich, and it was, like, when I first met you. I think I was friends with you on Facebook first, and then I met you there, and I just remember hearing great things about you, that you were so nice, and, like, I saw you do comedy, and you were funny, so I was like, okay, now I can do this, find some way to... Oh, yeah. The
0: Alien Witch. Right. Yeah. I think that was where I first saw you. That's correct. We were Facebook friends. I think I may have actually run into you one time before that. I think I did a mic at. uh, Where's the mic on Monday night? The one that's.
1: Oh, um, that's uh, Nip and Tuck, right? Yeah,
0: but nobody really knew me then. I kind of just came down. But I think I think you were there, but I could understand why you wouldn't wouldn't remember me from that.
1: Uh, Okay. Yeah, I, I just remember first seeing you there, so uh, that was just really cool, because I just remember, you know, Vin telling me about you, and how he was friends with you, and I was like, okay, that's cool, and then you started coming to the Friday uh, mic that we have, Max's mic, and uh, that was where I got to know you a little bit more, and was like, okay, this is really cool, like, and that you've been doing it a while, so uh, I just wanted to know, like, I usually, like, start off asking, like, when did you start doing stand-up?
0: So I started originally I think in like August of 2012 I took a comedy class which I know you absolutely hate but and I understand your reservations and, and I just I think because I teach yeah I fall into that sort of trap of thinking No, I understand that.
1: Solution. I think it's cool to take like a beginning class. I think that's good. My uh my main hesitation towards it is just I like the learn the self learning about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, so I have taken other classes, I have right. to admit,
1: but I, I
0: but I do think when I'm thinking back now, I think the periods where I've actually had any kind of growth have been when I haven't been taking a class. So I right. think it's having the lure to them, but I think that most of your growing is going to happen if you just get out there and just do it as often as you can, and that's right yeah. And I think there were times when I originally started doing comedy where my kids were younger. I couldn't get out as much as I wanted to. so maybe in my mind, a class was a way to sort of bridge the gap because I wasn't able to go out four or five nights a week like I'm able to. Right. Now. And that's where the real growth happens when you're doing it a lot. so. I started back then and I did comedy for about four years or so. And then, you know, I kind of got caught up in, you know, some of the negative things you can get caught up with in comedy being jealous. Oh yeah. And things like that. And I just became bitter and I actually, so I quit for probably three years or so. oh, And then I guess got the bug to come back. My father had died and it was, particularly ugly experience so i had decided you know i for some reason I, I guess i got it in my head that okay so i've had some darker experiences so maybe that'll make me a funnier person i don't really right. know i don't know if that really is
1: true or not but that's kind of why i got back into it right and i totally understand what you mean from you know just i've been doing it you know six years and i totally understand like the jealousy thing but like you know, just the thing how it gets like, because you want to be happy for people. Yeah, so you always wonder. Like to me, I always think like, I always say that jealousy doesn't have to be uh like a mean thing or like an ugly thing. It can just be you know you just want something too. It's just desire.
0: Yeah, I because what you're because it's good to say okay, I see this person has this. Let me improve, and maybe I'll get the same opportunity. And that's a different way of looking at it. If you're saying. Right look, I'm not there yet, but if I keep working and trying, I will. So when I came back to do comedy this time, I was really, you know, I I had a much different attitude. So I think if I'd stayed doing it, I don't think that would have worked itself out on its own. I needed to get away from it. So now I just look at it as a way to have fun and meet people and try to be a nice person and try to help people and and it's just—it's uh, been a much, much better experience this time around.
1: Yeah, well, you've succeeded in that. You're always, you know, you had a great reputation before I met you, and you know, just I love hanging out with you whenever I see you at the Friday mic, and like uh, when we go to um, Tuesday at uh, Lana's mic. Yeah, it's like which it's is so a great cool time. when you when you meet like those, like it always happens to me. Like you always meet those like comedy group people that you're like friends with for a period of time and then it's like you know i have that with vj now and you and it's like it's so cool to have like that and damn have like that community yeah people. it is really
0: it's it could be very lonely without that uh if you show up at a mic and you don't know anybody and i'm sure you could try to introduce yourself and talk to people but it's it's difficult so i try to actually do that too when i'm at a mic and i see someone by themselves i try to talk to them and you know, because I know what that feels like. So it is important. It's, it's really good to show up at a mic and know people there and know that they're going to listen when you're up and be supportive. And, you know, they'll give you some tips on your jokes some tags, which. Oh, right. Yeah. Which, you know, VJ's done for me and, and Kyle Colorado has done for me and Mike Cateo. So it's, it's nice to have that because then your comedy can get better because people are helping you think of things that you wouldn't have thought of, you know, on your own.
1: Right, and you get to hang out with so many people, like, it really becomes that thing of, like, oh, we can come up with stuff. And, like, it just, like, is immediate. It's so cool, the, like, chemistry that you kind of have with a comedian, like, regardless of, like, where you are in life. Like, that's what I love about, you know, doing it is that I've met so many people in from so many different walks of life. And it's really, really, like, cool that you can do that. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, like, who were your first like sort of influences to do stand-up
0: well you know what's weird is that i look back and i was really as a kid and growing up and even you know in my early 20s i was more interested in, in sketch comedy i grew up i watched sctv i don't know if you've heard of oh that. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah i watched the original sctv even more than saturday night live right i love uh sketch sketch movies like there's a movie called tunnel vision which no one has really seen that's just one hilarious sketch after the other. It's got some SCTV Saturday Night Live people in it. Right uh, now, I love. I, I I think you should leave. That's one of my favorite shows. So I just like wacky sketch comedy. Um, probably, I mean, as a kid, I liked George Carlin. I liked Eddie Murphy's specials, but not. I love, but nothing ever said to me, "Hey, you should, you know, you should do this." I think. Uh, I started getting into Louis C.K. as soon as he started getting really popular. Right, yeah. Uh,
1: he was my, like, sort of, you know, it's so it's so hard with, you know, everything with him. But it's like, you know, he was the first guy that I was like, oh, I can do this. Because he was, like, you know, heavy set guy. And I was kind of a chubby kid. And I was like, oh, you don't have to be, like, a guy that wears, like, a suit on stage. And look no. all prim and People were,
0: like. People are like It looked like pants that had been worn a thousand times. He's sweating. Yeah, he's sweating. It's like, I do that. (laughs) And and he also has kind of a a sort of a, you know, he's not a huge presence on stage. So it's not like you have to be this giant personality to do stand up. Right. For themselves. You know, he does act outs, of course, but uh, they're not exaggerated, really exaggerated act outs. So, I mean, yeah, what happened since. I mean, it was, you know, was really crummy. So I kind yeah. fallen down my list. Right. So, I mean, that's that's really it. Yeah. I, you're much, like, more, much more a student of, of, of the history of stand-up uh, than I am. You have much more Yeah, and it's weird
1: it. because I didn't really grow up a whole lot with stand-up. Like, it sort of happened in my later teens that I sort of got really into it. And I was just lucky because, like, the comedy boom started again. So like it was like right around that time of like twenty ten where like you know, Louie and Bill Burr and everyone came out like sort of on the rise. And it was like that was sort of cool to me. Cause growing up, like when I there was stand up on T V, like when my younger kind of like teen years was uh only on Comedy Central there was there was Dane Cook, there was Jeff Dunham, and Gabriel Iglesias. So those were the three. Right. So it was like, there wasn't really much to, like, really yeah, gain right. from that. So you were like, but when I started seeing, like, Louis and John Mulaney and people like that, it was like, okay, and Bo Burnham and people like that, I could, like, okay, that's where I can sort of get influence from. Pat- Patton Oswalt was... Is right. Really so that's, there was a experience. lot of variety and style in there. So it was, like, when I could finally get into it. And that's the cool thing about doing it now is you realize like oh like this is you know it's it's really cool to me when I talk to everyone because I I have a different levels of people on this podcast I love having different levels of people and I love seeing like I mentioned this before I love when I have like more established person on and there's no hierarchy really to them they view us as comics that's so cool
0: Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, I, the whole thing is, you just if they can. I mean, they were wherever you are, so for right them down on you. I think to me is a little bit of, of a shortcoming. Like I'm not positioned to shit on people like Mark Norman or Joe List, but I've heard them on their podcast, like talking about comics who suck and this and that. And I'm right. just, it just to me that's like the one time it seems petty. It's like. Right, whatever they are and how much they suck. I mean, you had to be at that same place at some point. Yeah, really, it's just about people. Whether a person is nice or not is right. a good person, and not really about you know how funny they are. If you're going to judge them, you know, you know, everyone else is going to judge them. If you're not funny, right. you're not going to get an opportunity. So you work harder, and then you get better, and then
1: you'll get the opportunity. And that's really yeah
0: really it i mean so
1: i've always learned like early on and i still have a problem with it that you have to sort of expect like have the expectations where you are in life so like i know like where i am in new jersey comedy and how new jersey comedy is so you have to expect it to suck a little bit (laughs) so it's sort of a thing to me that like you gotta get used to that but to me i'm always like if someone gives a shit about what they're doing then i'm cool with whatever they're doing I mean, everybody, even the most successful New
0: Jersey comics, you can just use the people just in the state. They're going to have story after story after story about how, you know, they were promised this gig or that gig and didn't get it. Was supposed to get paid. Didn't get it. Right. This got promised that. I mean, so it's just the nature of, of, of an industry. That's just, there's no, you know, it's just a, basically a free for all, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Say they're it a comedian. Anyone can put on a show. Anyone can decide who should be on the show and not anyone can. So it's, so it's just kind of a free for all. So, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of, lot of things. And I I, I'm finding this time around, if you just kind of stay in your lane and just accept where you are and just have fun where you are. And that's like the best way to, to have fun with comedy and enjoy it, which is really the most important thing. Yeah. That's the most important. Enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I always have to remember that. Like, that's sort of what I'm trying to do now. Like, I'm just trying to, like, not be such a, like, a hard ass nerd about it. That's why I of like, like guess a week ago, really, I started creating this new character on stage. Cause it's like, you know what? If people want that sort of stage name for me to do, it's like, fine, I can just build off of that. And it's something new to do after six years of, like, just regular like trying to do my regular jokes, right i mean like, if you want i
0: mean if you want to do that then go ahead and, and
1: do it you know I saw yeah it's a for it it's interesting it's like oh wow a whole new like thing to write and a whole new like sort of area to get through do you ever have like how do you think your material has changed since you first started
0: oh gosh so well i think since i first started I think I've always kind of structured jokes the same, just my punchlines early on were really horrible and I don't think I had any sense as to whether or not that, how bad they were and maybe they just weren't punched up enough. Right. So, so I think that they haven't really changed all that much. I mean, I've always kind of written about my family and my marriage and my job. Right. Uh, I, I mean, there are obviously topics I'd like to write about that that are more universal, uh, less personal. But I'm not at the really at the point where I can really kind of wrap my head around it and make it work.
1: You know? Oh yeah, like, I always get uh, very self conscious about that. Like I should be able to do more observational stuff, and I'm just like, oh. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I did. And it doesn't
0: usually. It almost always doesn't go well, and it's probably because. I go on stage and I don't sell it well because I'm not really feeling it. So um, so that's, that's probably, I think what's changed more is definitely my comfort on stage and trying to uh, maybe be a more outgoing and sl- I was a little bit more aggressive right. on stage than I am in real life because that tends to work. That tends to Uh-oh, work Yeah, me. I'm starting to see. So I say a little me- some meaner things on stage than I might not say in real life. I might think them in real life, but I won't say them. Right. So that t- seems to work pretty well. And some of the best laughs that I've gotten at open mics have been just sort of little uh, just things said to an audience member trying to heckle me or, right. or, or another comic at the mic. So, but it's all in fun. Right. Although, though, there was one heckler at Atlantis Mike that was a male man.
1: I don't know if you were there that Yeah, night. I was
0: there. Yeah. All right. So you saw I went toe to toe. I with saw him that. And,
1: and uh, it was, and
0: I, you know, I didn't. I think it's easy to go after somebody who is uh, who's being mean to you. It's yeah. much harder to do it when someone's just being loud at a mic and they're not being mean or a show.
1: Yeah. And I think what you were doing, which was perfectly fine, was you were doing like minor crowd work with them. So that's always like the the line of it. It's like you gotta really control it. What I realized is like if you're gonna talk, I've never really done a whole lot of crowd work, so it's like that's always my thing of like am I gonna be able to be like charismatic enough with them to to keep it going and be like not say anything too extreme <laughs> and you yeah had... and that's the thing I just asked the guy a question I asked him where he worked. I was just there with his wife and she was not a. She was nicer, but like they, they were not happy. And it's, it's tough because that's like a place that's advertised for comedy, right? Know? It's so funny. I, I, I always feel like an older, like an old man now when I talk to new comedians who like started on Zoom and stuff because of COVID. It's like I'm like, no, we used to like ambush people in restaurants and do open mics and have, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that still happens. The mics where.
0: Nobody knows that there's comedy going on or even shows. Right. Where yeah. nobody knows comedy going on until the host jumps on stage. So Yeah. What are your thoughts on Zoom comedy?
1: I haven't done it. I've almost did it once, but then I like I chickened out just for like I had like this thing of like I didn't know if the host liked me or not personally. So I was like, he doesn't really know me. I don't know why I did this. So I just went on Instagram and I realized like if I wanna do anything like that i'm just gonna go on instagram or i'm gonna go on tiktok and just do it myself and just find some type of way to do it but the thing i always hate is that my standards doesn't really translate to that i sort of like the and i think like as a performer we like the the instant gratification
0: right but it's even so it's still hard to get that gratification on a zoom mic. right have you done I've done a couple of them. I I really, I didn't enjoy the experience at all. It felt very artificial. Right. Yeah. You just need, I just need to be physically in front of people. It's hard to just like jump up in your living room and all of a sudden. Right. You know, pretend you're on stage. Yeah. And then you see the other, you see the other comedians looking at their computer screen, you know, they're on like social media. Right. It's it's just a weird, it just seems unnatural to me. Yeah. People love it uh, because it's a way they don't have to leave their house and they can do comedy. But just in my opinion, it's just not it's not even a close. There's no comparison between the real comedy and and Zoom.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like to me, I always think, you know, I'm always envious of people that can do both. And, you know, you mentioned like sketch comedy. Like I know so many people in the New Jersey scene who are able to do that so well. And, Like they do well online with online stuff, not just Zoom, because of just having that background and being able to do that. And I'm always like, I have no way to show my comedy online. (laughs) But it's sort of a purity with stand up. You're just like, this is what, and also it's like familiar. It's like what we've sort of done. It's what you've done for, you know, give or take a little bit of a decade. So it's like, that's what you're used to. It's that on stage type of thing. Were you um, like, a type of performer at all in a uh, school grown up or anything? Did you do any like plays or anything? No, I really didn't do anything.
0: I didn't. I had no idea that I was ever going to pursue it. Uh, I mean, I became a teacher. I went to grad school to get my teaching degree. I had no idea I was going to become a teacher until I went to grad school. So I really had no plan or inclination. I mean, I never would have thought. I would be able to do stand-up and it's, I didn't really do any theater and it's probably why it's, it's, it's been stand-up has been, I think uh, I went. I guess, harder for me than it has been for a lot of other people. I see people at two years who are doing some really, really great things, even under a year. And it just, for me at like two years, I was just still struggling to just
1: write a joke, to have energy on stage, to have. Oh copy. yeah. So,
0: I mean, to me i always
1: used to i just look back at stuff now because i was sort of like bad at uh i i posted stuff way too soon online when i started so like natural i was like a year in so i was like a year and a half in so like to me i just look back at stuff and that's a good barometer to look back at like just how i used to be on stage and be like okay so instead of it taking me three minutes to get a natural laugh from the crowd, it's like now I can get people to laugh that in like 30 seconds. It's fine. It's like- yeah, I mean, it's uh,
0: I think it's natural, though, to uh, while you're in that situation to think somehow, you know, that you're better than you are. And then because uh, a lot of times you just don't know what you don't know. And, and so I think it's easy to beat yourself up for doing that. But, you know, that's where you were right. at the
1: time. When you started were were the people that you were the comedians that you were around like around your age group or
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting is the first time we did comedy I probably was more friendly with people around my age than this go around. Uh I just so the comedians were probably give or take, five or six years around my age. Uh so but you know, I was in my 40s. So it just seems to me, there seems to be like a demarcation with comedy, like below 50 and post 50. It seems like a lot of the people my age are influenced by like an older style of comedy. So you'll see that their sort of material sort of reflects. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily, you know, I'm not talking about content like being woke or, or, right. woke or things like that. I'm just talking about, a style where it's not overly personal. It's just about quick jokes, punching things like that, that you would have seen in like 80s comedy. But going back to who I hung out with, yeah, the friends I had at the time uh, were uh, around my age. And now at this point, they've moved out of the area. One of them passed away. One is getting back into comedy. But uh, now I just feel, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I, I bond easier with people younger than me because I guess the way I view comedy is similar to the way that people your age around your age does. Right.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Was- when I, when I started, I was uh, I was twenty two, so yeah. I was like yeah. the youngest of the group of people, which was really weird. Like, uh, it it was really kind of a crazy thing now to think like I'm a little bit older, so I'm better socially with them. But it was very it was very weird just to be like you know try and sort of fit in and to me my big thing was like i would always like think that i put my phone in my mouth or i said something or i did something wrong and then no one would care and i'd be like okay isn't anyone gonna hold me accountable for this is <laughs> <It's> like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: most people are just thinking about themselves and
0: yeah and their own you know they're all in their own head and they're not watching what yeah. you're and yeah now you've been doing it six years and you go to Mike's and you see people going up there doing it their first second and third time and that's yeah you're you're the elder statesman now whereas yeah it's
1: so weird you know, being in that position beginner because you're like I look behind those people and I always have to remember like when I hang around those people how how it was to start you know how to have that when you have that confidence and what you know we sort of get used to it but like You know, people getting used to bombing, you know, it's a thing that, you know, you can kind of get impatient with people that start out and are not used to it, but you just have to realize, like, you just have to remember what that was like when you started.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's
1: hard, it's hard to do
0: that. I mean, it's really hard in all aspects of life. I mean, as a parent, it's, you have to remember what it was like to be your kid's age and how they viewed the world. And it's hard how you were that age and you went through the same thing. Another thing about new comics is they don't all—they don't all come in the same way. You see, some are very insecure about their material. Other people come up and they their first few times, and they're super, super confident. So it's interesting to see new people, and even they have a much different approach to comedy. You know, between themselves. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, the mics that we've been to together, even recently, we've seen I can, we've seen newer people just approach it different ways. So. Um, so yeah, that was a yeah, that's so that was a good question you asked. So I would say definitely now I, I I had friends that were my age, but now it's definitely, I don't know, for whatever reason I bond easier with younger people. And I and I appreciate your friendship and friendship from other people who are younger who don't necessarily
1: judge me on my age. Oh no, I don't mind because uh, you know, it's this is kind of a thing I probably shouldn't say, but like you're one of the like you're one of the good ones of your age, like, that's sort of, like, a rare, not, a, kind of rare, like, especially in the area, so it's, like, that's the one thing that I've just noticed, like, hang out with you, and that's what makes it cool, it's, like, you know, that's sort of a problem that we have, we sort of, you know, uh, the, uh, we were just there, the, um, the comedy cove type of people,
0: yeah, you know, I know what like,
1: you're those type of people, so it's, like, you know we sort of don't vibe with them and then we see an older person like you Mark oh they're cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be nice to young people. There's no need, there's no initiation you need to give them or sort of hazing. Right. Which I see, you know, there I don't want to shit talk. I'm just saying
1: No, I think it's I kind just of a- that
0: just makes me want to be nicer to people because when you're starting out, even if you act confident or not, you're still not confident on the inside. You really yeah. can't be. So, I just, you know, So, yeah, I try to just be nice because, like I said, it should be, I want this to be fun for me. And part of it being fun is just being nice to other people. And, you know, if I can help them with something, I can help them. Right. But like I said, I do appreciate it. I mean, I don't know if I was 28, how open I'd be to being friendly to someone in their 50s. So that makes me appreciate it even more when someone is because it just shows that they're, you know, a better person at their age than I was. When I was that age.
1: Right. Well, you know, it's it's so interesting to, like, look back and, like, think of the time that you started around. Like, to me, that makes me so envious because where I was, like, there really was no stand-up, really, in the area that I lived in. So, even though I wanted to do it, I just had to do improv. So, like, to right. me, when I started doing drive, it. Drive, like, right? It, what?
0: You don't drive, right? No, I don't drive. Yeah, so uh, that, that would have been a problem yeah, a lot of the mics at that
1: time. Yeah,
0: cuz I think I were, were North were in North Jersey. Yeah. North. Yeah.
1: It wasn't until Angelo came around that he started right. making stuff like he started doing, you know, all the mics and stuff in this area in Jersey Shore in like 2014. I was doing improv at the time and I started in 2015 doing stand up. So it was like kind of cool to be in that like I was a little bit later, but it was still like in the infancy of what it is right. and right. it's so cool now to like see people like I mentioned like earlier when I was started out really young it was like now I know these people and that was the really cool thing about when we had you know I don't know if you ever went to the Brighton bar Mike no I I didn't because it is it is a bit of a schlep in the first far, right?
0: comedy I don't think I was as committed to getting out x number of nights because I had younger kids so I would
1: it right.
0: can choose ones that are closer. So now, you
1: know, I'll go to the Town mic,
0: but no, I've heard, I've heard a lot. I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah.
1: Them, well, things. when, when that sort of, when we sort of moved to that a couple years ago, like two or three years ago, it was like kind of this, this grand stage of like, Oh, I've known these people for years. And it's so weird to be like, you know, in a good way to be like, Oh, wow. I knew this person when they were like, 22, and now they're 28, and they're just doing amazing things.
0: Yeah, it's a big difference. I I can tell you, 20. Well, you know, 22 to 28 is just yeah, huge difference in just how you view the world.
1: Uh, Yeah, and to me, I always my thing is: have you always felt like you've always had something to say? Have you always felt like you're you've always been able to express like your point of view
0: pretty well? Uh, no, I don't really. I Think so. I tend to be more of a listener than a talker. Me too. Yeah. Myself, even still doing that now, unless I'm really excited and enthusiastic, and then I'll kind of jump in. But I sometimes get caught up in my own head. Right. So now with comedy, it's more about stories about you know my life and my job, and not really about hey, this is why the world sucks. I mean, even right. though we all have an opinion on why. I just tend to, you know, say, well, what's so special about my point of view? It's no different than anybody yeah. else. But then I just shut up about it.
1: I think that's a very common thing, though, with us. You know, to me, like, I think this, the like, quintessential of the stand-up comedian is we're not, like, the life of the party. We're the people who are, like, not really fitting in and being like, okay, I'm going to point something out or observe something myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, the, a lot of comedians are introverts yeah um uh, which doesn't mean you don't like people it just means you'd rather be in s- situations with less amount of people and right someone might say well what well, then why do you go on stage it's because you know you have the spotlight on you so you have don't have to worry about those other people so right. you have some control not all control obviously but you have some control over the situation
1: right of course like that's what i i like about it. it's like you know i always say it's i sort of try not to sound like you know melodramatic about it but like it's sort of like being a superhero to me. It's like off stage, you're just like kind of a normal person. And then when you get on stage, that's your time. And, you know, you're kind of, you know, being a hero and helping and making people happy.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like,
1: also, also what's great about
0: it is there's so many other people who would love to do it and just don't have the nerve. The right. Ball, put up on stage and do it.
1: Yeah. That's the one thing that I think is really cool to me is like, whenever I see someone who's much shyer than me, and they're on stage, I always think, like, you're gonna be good because you're gonna find the people who have that same thing as you, who have stage fright. They're gonna relate to you. So, there's a, it's always a cool thing to have that, to be like, to know that you can sort of be that for people. Yeah. I mean, so
0: that, if you overthink it, you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna try to get on stage and make people I don't know laugh. I mean, it can be a kind of a daunting thought if you think too much about it, but, you know, luckily that you and I have done it enough that you can just kind of jump up, grab a mic, and, you know, you don't even, that doesn't even come in your head.
1: Right. To me, it's always the, like, the external stuff of, like, I'm always overthinking, like, okay, how am I saying something, or how am I looking? Like, uh, that's the one thing that's, like, sort of, I think is into it, is, The you get more in your head about what you're doing rather than really what you're saying and what you're like, you want to be like, how am I portraying myself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's
0: why it's it it could be tricky watching yourself on video. I don't know. I don't know how you can be uh, I can't be on I'm not at the point where I could be on stage and I could be performing and at the same time, having a voice in my head, thinking about how I'm saying it. Because as soon as I do that, it's almost like you're watching yourself. Like, oh, yeah. your body. And then and it's not you performing yeah. it. I try to get into the moment and get into the experience. And at that point, I kind of just have to trust. Use the right hand gestures, the right amount right. of enthusiasm. And so I don't have that level of control. if.
1: if Yeah, Uh, it's you do, but it's so funny to me because like a lot of people like initially they (laughs) always think or they thought like the like stuff that I did like physically on stage was like planned out, and it's like no, that's not like I just have personal like body ticks I guess from nerves, and they just come out when I'm on stage, and it's like it's not planned. So it's like if I'm doing something like physically, it's not like I plan to touch my forehead like three times in my set right it just looks that way (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like always like no it's just thing and to me I'm always surprised by it because I don't feel like I'm I'm never nervous on stage in the stage fright way of like oh I'm afraid to to perform in front of people because I've been doing that for a while my thing is like more self-conscious about the material and the way you're coming across because we just put high expectations on ourselves Right. Yeah, I think mat-
0: to me, material is like the most, seems to me the most important thing.
1: Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you have, are you comfortable with your material now?
0: Uh, I am. I don't think I'll ever be comfortable oh, right. with it. I, I can see that I've had, I have bursts of writing, whereas I have jokes that I would tell on a show, I think I have seven pages worth that I'm comfortable with right now. So um, I mean, I don't know. I have you know, I mean, like everybody else, i i I'm confident in my material at the same time I'm not. So right. I feel like with the I feel like i I could do five, ten, or even fifteen minutes and not have a joke in there that I would say wow, you know, that joke's kind of lame. Maybe it should go. So I'm, I am right. I feel okay about it because I have some jokes from the first time I did comedy, but most of it is from right. when I've come back and, and um, it seems to work pretty well in most situations, but sometimes, of course, it doesn't. I mean, and that's, you know, the nature of, of where we are in comedy, right? Right, of course. Killing every time, you know, we wouldn't be where we were. So I'm right. okay. I'm not okay at the same time if that answers your question yeah
1: i mean that's that's difficult you know it's uh it's always the thing where like you want to know what you're doing like to me i have had like first of, like okay i'm competent now and i think it's always great because they're like whenever you get to that point where you're like really confident you kind of get overconfident and then you bomb again and then you're like okay now it's back to square one <laughs> right it I knew, yeah, that
0: is. so i always i try it's to very stay uncomfortable People get other comedians get mad at me, say, Steve, you know, you should have some confidence. You're always saying this isn't going to go well, this is going to go bad. But but that's really my mind just psyching itself up for the possibility it'll go bad. And then you'll go up there and you're going to try to work hard. So I do that when I go up from a position of I don't really care. I I don't really care what happens or this might not go well. So I'll just try really hard to turn it around. The worst position is going up confident. And then things start to go wrong. And then what happens then? Because you were confident and it didn't work out. So you work right. from advantage at that point. So I like to work from positions of advantage, which basically is just envisioning ways you can go wrong ahead of time and trying to work around that. Yeah. Go back to what I said earlier. I just want to say, I know I said material is important, but I was thinking about a recent set I did where the material was okay, but my delivery was a little stiff and it didn't go that well because I was just a little bit anxious that night for whatever reason and uh so i want to backtrack on that and say although material is important if you have a delivery you're comfortable with and you don't find yourself hitting that groove even with the same material
1: the audience isn't going to connect and it's not going to go well right to me it's like I, I just have to keep doing like i have to keep having that set of like okay i have this set that i'm doing and when you start out you don't know that you don't know like how to sort of create that you don't know how you're just writing blind you don't really know like where stuff goes so to me that's what i like now is like at least i know what i can do i know like if i have like uh like when i uh when i was at this show like uh at the chubby pickle um it was like half music it was mostly music and then they had comedians like come up and they had comedians planned but they have like three minutes of like extra time for someone so they let me go up as one of the people like that got on the show later and I was like okay I can write a set of my material in three minutes and it's like kind of cool to be like oh I have stuff in the chamber that I can be like well this works for three minutes right (laughs) because when you start out you're just writing and just like sort of doing it blind so you're like you don't really know where the set is going to end
0: yeah, yeah, that's at the begin. Yeah, definitely. So it's good when you actually have, you know, a set that works okay, that has a big laugh in the beginning and a and a big laugh at the end. Right. Yeah.
1: So, have you um, have you traveled at all to do comedy anywhere?
0: Uh, you know, the, I probably the most I, I didn't. I was at a, a a work conference in Texas, I believe. No, or Tennessee. Oh, I think Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Both T-states. Uh, yeah. I did a mic there. I've done some shows in Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, I did a show in Maryland once. But, you know, nothing nothing
1: crazy. Yeah. Uh, like, what was it? Uh, back in May, I went to Texas. and Yeah, I heard you talk about that. That was really cool. And it was just like, it was cool to see like, oh, stand-up comedy is the same everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, people are kind of the same, the laugh. I mean, if you keep politics out of
0: your out of your material and it's not tied to a specific region, it's more universal than yeah, Yeah. no, it works, it works. That's but it was
1: just interesting to me to be like, oh, it's the same. Like when I went to the open works there, I was like, oh, it's the same sort of thing. It's like you have people that are, you know, confident and friendly, and you know, it's like, oh, this is really cool. And it was just interesting to be like. And it was really cool to do so much in just two days, and be like, "Oh wow, this is the whole scene." And the cool Were thing was you to multiple meeting the night. Sorry, what? Were you doing multiple mics? We I- did. Uh, we did. Uh, it was three days. We did. I think I got on a show. He got me on a show. The guy huh? that I went with, and uh, I ended up having to do. Uh, I got ten minutes. I ended up doing eight because I was, you know, I was killing and I was, you know, I was like, I don't want to have a dip at all in right. my set. Remember, that was my worry. I, I, was like, finish. I was like, I have them. I have them. I have them. So I can't lose them. And I was going second. And the crowd was really good because it was, it wasn't like the thing that we knew, but there was a birthday party there. Um. So like, they were kind of amped up for that. So, when I went on second, at which I don't really like to do, but it was fine, because I always feel like you're sort of, you're like the the assistant to the MC.
0: Yeah, it really depends on how the, the host,
1: how well the host warmed up. The so, craft. you're like, oh, you're like, now I'm kind of in that hosting role of like, okay, I've got to be the first person to set the tone for the night. And that was just cool. It was just cool to me to be like, you know, and... The guy that I worked with, Eric, he uh, he's such a like really hard ass on like really getting your set worked out and stuff. So when we worked, when I worked with him, like some people might find it annoying, but I found it really really cool when we would just like sit together and talk about my material and you know I would come up with stuff and he would help me and it'd be like oh this is so cool. It was like being in, like this mini workshop. It was like so cool, but. You know I, I I thought it was and then when I did like the other mics we this the last night I was there um we did three we did uh no we did four mics wow
0: that's yeah a,
1: that's like New York we were like three it was like we went out at two for one and then we ended at like 10 it was crazy at night but it was like crazy it was like you know we went to um this park one we went to another one that was like town and it was it was cool because it was just going around and seeing the different people and knowing like when we went with the same people seeing like how their material was and then you sort of like got used to it you're like oh they're like they have their thing and it was very interesting to see how their sense of humor is as opposed to like how we are in New Jersey yeah, it had to the be things different. they talk about, and yeah, I'm sure it, it was it was cool because it was like also they were different than I expected. They were much more open minded and like friendly, than I thought they would be. Like I don't know why I expected them to be like southern, like you know.
0: No, I think we have or whatever, but they we were. have the reputation of being
1: unfriendly. The so I was, so I was. It was cool there. So that was really really cool and uh yeah it it was just like learning how to sort of transfer my material to that and be like that's one thing I loved I loved yeah, that a good experience it for was you. a new thing to do because that was my thing that I'd been yearning for is like you stay in the same you're used to it you stay in the same sort of area for too long you sort of you sort of get sick of it you're just like oh I i mean, doing i'm seeing the same people every week i'm you know my material isn't you know new and then i get to do it and it's like now these people don't know who i am
0: yeah the worst the worst feeling that's why it's always good to just keep writing 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 because if you go to the same mics and you see the same people and you go up and you try to tell the same jokes it's uh I mean, you're doing it for yourself, but it's also difficult to get a real gauge on it because you know the people have heard the jokes before, so you know that right. uh,
1: you're not going to get
0: the real reaction.
1: That's so. the one thing that like I love about having friends now, and like certain people that I know at Mike's because that's sort of like my go-to now. Like I used to like now that I'm not getting on a whole bunch of shows, like and with COVID and everything coming back from that. My my whole thing changed of like, you know, instead of working to get, you know, I would work to get on a show and then I'd work on that material and, you know, for three weeks I'm told the show and then do it. Now it's like, now I'm, I just find different ways. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this person that I'm kind of friends with laugh. I'm going to make my friends laugh, like, or someone that I want to be friends with.
0: Yeah, I mean. I'll be if- like. If um, I can
1: if I can get them to laugh, that'll
0: be my thing. <laughs> that's a thing about a mic. If you can make a comedian laugh, then you know you're yeah. you're on something.
1: Like if I can. The get only Dan...
0: issue is is that if you make them laugh with like a really dark joke, right? You go in front of a nice audience and they hear your dark joke. Sometimes they'll go along with it, but you know sometimes they don't. Oh yeah, and, and that's, I'm doing a lot of open mics and and not very many shows, so I'm finding that that a lot of the dark humor that, that comedians love, you know, audiences don't like, but I find myself writing more of that. Cause my right, because you're just in that community. Times. Yeah, so it's uh, it's 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 like a blessing and a curse. So right. it's kind of this weird little thing you have to navigate. I personally think, you know, I, what's weird is like the second time around, I, I first time around, I used to always just want to be on show, 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 just push to be on right. show. And now I just to me um, an open mic can be as enjoyable as a show Uh, right at least i guess maybe yeah so i find that to be enjoyable too uh so just trying to you know come up with different material and make them laugh i think i think that it can it can this it furthers you more i I guess the long-winded point i'm trying to make is that going to mics can help you if you have the right attitude and work ethic can help you progress more than doing a show because a right oh is, is a way to to i guess demonstrate how you progress this is where i am right now but a mic can help you
1: get better yeah
0: and if you have the right attitude
1: yeah it always uh it's always an attitude thing for me that i realized like that i have to do it's like you know if you if you care you'll do a, you'll do better it's just the thing and also like you just learn from experience of what to do like when stuff goes wrong or rather, like this Will at least i'll learn something from it it's like uh the only thing i've learned from a show is that uh
0: (laughs) dark material doesn't work at a coffee house in in great great quantities which is a pretty common sense lesson yeah that i probably didn't need to learn you know in the real world but you know you sometimes get fooled when jokes do well at mics you just think
1: that oh right audience is going to like it to me like i always had that mix of like i like performing at coffee shops better because my material I always feel like is not that's that great for bars like yeah you know and for me I'm always like they like a little bit more of like an artsy edge so when I have like a wordplay joke it's not gonna do well in a bar at all yeah <laughs> like yeah. a coffee shop it's like okay these me being a yeah, like t- t- intellectual and being like well I'm around these intellectual people so don't <laughs> They'll understand what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I have to have
0: I have to have you on my show uh, if it's still running next year, early next year. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that would be that would great be for you. So, VJ, could drive you, not to right be too inside baseball. Right. So I say I think it's great that you're living with them right now. I think yeah, it's so great, cool because you get to do a lot more, and it's
1: you know yeah, that was my so- main thing of that was my yeah. main problem was just not yeah. being able to do enough. enough. And, and he's, he's a really good comic and a really nice guy. Uh, and you're, oh, yeah.
0: Super supportive, too. So you've got a great support system. So you're in a real good situation, I think, to really you know, kind of take the next step because you've got the ability to go out and do it pretty much as often as you want now. Yeah. He's great. He, he writes a whole bunch. Right, he's like, great. He sets the standard as far as I know, just from the people I know, as far as the writing work ethic goes.
1: Because to me, I'm always so envious because before I started doing this new thing, like, my most thing that I always say is, like, I used to just, I have insomnia, so my jokes would just come at night, and then I'd be like, okay, now I have to explain this to normal functioning people. Yeah. Be <laughs> like, yeah. this weird thought that I had at 3 a.m. Yeah, it works it's, enough. Like, weird. And then you're like, and that's also the thing, too, of like, that I've realized with crowds is realizing, like, where they are. And also I I realized like not to just to realize like what people sort of expect, like they're always going to expect something. So
0: yeah, that's a difficult, that's, that's a, that's a difficult thing to grasp. I still haven't grasped that completely because at my coffee house show, I'm trying to find the right mix of comics. And I had a comic on last night uh, who was, you know, really cursing a lot, kind of dirty. And I thought it was going to turn the crowd off. And they, they loved it, which was the opposite of what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, And um, so you just, it's just, I don't know. It's hard. It's, yeah. You got to gauge on what an audience wants just by looking at them. And then they vary from
1: month to month. So. Right. And it can be cool to have like that sort of mix of people. Like that's one thing that I think is always like the key to a great open mic to me is just having a good mix of people from different backgrounds and just different things to talk about. Like, I just think that's the yeah, nice I thing. I hear you. I My some... favorites are like when it's like a different person every time. It's like, okay, you know, it's not like really a thing of like uh, pushing for, uh, what's it called? Like diversity. That's great. But like it's more of like a okay, we need to see something different each time. Are you still there?
0: Yeah, I'm here. I just
1: missed the last thing you said. Okay, I just wanted to say like I liked, I liked the diversity of just open mics a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, the different the different kinds of comics you see there, and it's difficult to get to find the right mix for a show, um, because. Sometimes you'll see, you'll have comics who kill it in an open mic and then they go to a show and they don't do well. And then there are comics who don't do great at mics that do great on shows.
1: Right. So
0: I wanted to go. So you were talking about writing at three in the morning. What's weird is like when I sit down and I try to write, it's like it doesn't, I don't know, right. come up with anything good. But like I woke up uh, a couple weeks ago and I guess for whatever reason, I'd have, it was a, like, a baby Yoda on my bed and I was just kind of like, you know what? I kind of look like this Yoda. And then I wrote a joke about it and I'm actually right you know, using it now. So it's just, it's just, we, writing is a weird thing. I know you're supposed yeah. to write right and I tried it. And, but for some reason when I like, when things pop in my head, like it does for you at three in the morning,
1: a lot of times those are the ones that you can actually build off. of. Right. And to me, that's always a big thing is like building off. Of, I don't know if you, have this because i i sort of this is one of the common question i ask i guess is every year i sort of have a joke that i work on the most and like most of the time it doesn't work do you have like a bit that usually like like right now or like do you usually have that you keep trying to make work and you have a little bit of difficulty with yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is a joke
0: that I've tried like several different times and it just doesn't work. I tried to, I, at the light, I have a couple of them. I have one, uh, where I talk about how I started comedy later, but what would I have talked about when I was young? And basically the punchline of the joke is that I'm talking about the same stuff now as I was then or experiencing the same thing. And to me, it's just kind of funny, but crowds don't like it. You know, there's. I have another. yeah, you know, I just. So, yeah. I. I don't need to go into it. But yeah.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I tried it.
1: Yeah, a couple of years a couple ago. Time. Yeah. When. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut yeah, you. No, Go ahead. I'm done. A couple of years ago, when I, uh, when I, first noticed, like the first joke that I had of this, was, um, this one liner that I had, and it never worked in bars. It only worked at a coffee shop, and it's very absurdist. It's, uh, I like my woman how I like my coffee in a coffee cup. And I love that joke because I love the like visualization of it. Cause like people can imagine like, it's a little woman, like a tiny woman in a tiny coffee cup or whatever. And like, or like a big one or whatever. And I just like the visualization that people can have with it. But at like a bar doesn't work, but I like a coffee shop, like where there's coffee and where there's people. I guess you, you could change
0: the shot laster. Yeah.
1: I don't know.
0: And
1: it's like, it was a weird, thing so to me i had that and now the joke that i have now and then last year i had this whole bit on uh how i call kanye west a bunch of like names basically Mm -hmm. for his antics because i have a problem like the joke i have it starts off with me talking about how i don't like this song that he came out with which was him it's called 11 and it's him talking about you know what a freak he is sexually but all the things he mentions are very tame hmm so like i had a joke about that and i call him a silly goose and then i go into this whole thing of like what if there was an anthropomorphic like like uh, serious goose and how i would like interact with that like sort of thing
0: that's clever
1: so i was like you know i'd go so the joke i had was like i go downstairs in the morning and i see like the serious goose he's like wearing a suit he's drinking tea not coffee like an asshole He's uh, he's listening to NPR and reading the newspaper like a <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> and, like, I just came up with this very, like, long-form joke. And it was very tough because it was very long-form. And it was like, how can I get the crowd to stay with me? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's
0: pretty clever.
1: My and then style. the joke I had have this time is my, uh, my dick pic joke where I talk about how I think, like, dick pics are bad advertising so I send pictures of my balls and make my pubic hair different hairstyles. And every time I try to make it different, like, hairstyles and references and stuff. So, like, I'll be like, oh, cornrows and, like, stuff like that. And it's always adding stuff new. Because I think whenever you can add a new tag to a joke, it's like, that's the point. It's like,
0: yeah, when that's I can keep building on it. Back. It's good to go back to your jokes and see if you could punch them up because... Then you've got like, a, then that might even renew some enthusiasm for you to tell that joke if you told right. it a lot of times, but now it's got, you know, one extra
1: line in it. Right. And uh, so do you think with teaching, has that sort of helped with your state presence or do you think it doesn't have like a correlation really?
0: Uh, for me personally, I don't think it helped. I was really, really, really bad when I started. Um if, if teach, I, at that point I'd been teaching quite a while. So if teaching was going to help, it would have helped me. I just think, in my mind, I mean, you can entertain as a teacher, but the entertaining and the making your students laugh is secondary to teaching right. them. Whereas when you're on stage, there's you're not there to educate, you're there to make them laugh, right? So I wish it would have helped me. I could have used the help, but it, it didn't. It didn't help help it. Right. So, if anything, it might have given me a false sense of confidence, which which uh, probably hindered me as well. So,
1: right. Is your family uh, like supportive of everything?
0: I would say right now they are. They are now because my my kids are older, so they can come to the shows and they really they come to the coffee house shows and they enjoy it a lot. Right. And, Uh, My wife is cool about me going out at night now because my daughter's at college. My son is, you know, in high school, so he can, you know, get himself to bed. So there's no real extra work for her. Anything that I do around the house, I do before I go out. So I'll come work and I'll run around like an idiot, you know, doing all the things I need to do. And then I go. So, So not always so supportive earlier on. It was a source of conflict. But now it seems to be fine. Right.
1: Is your son into comedy at all?
0: No, he's not. He's really into just gaming. Right. He's yeah. into his own. He's into 15-year-old comedy. He loves TikTok videos that he that are funny to him. Right. Memes. He's into stuff like that. Things that you would probably get that right. I don't necessarily understand. Right. Like he, he says Gen Z humor is just different. And it really is. It's different. Yeah. But so yeah, he is into comedy, but he's into his own thing. But he comes to the shows, he laughs. So I mean, so he does have the potential to have a more expanded, I guess, definition right. of what funny is. I make him laugh, you know, normally too. So
1: Yeah. That's always good. Like my uh one of my nephews, the oldest one, he is so funny. And like I really like it I envy him so much of how funny he is sometimes. I'm like I wish I had this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah I really understand that. <laughs> is your uh, so? Um, are your parents still
0: around? Uh, my dad passed away. My mom is still around. She's alive and pretty well, and uh, she's been she's been supportive too uh, of of me. Uh, she's just worries about when I drive that I'm going to get into an accident. But other than that, she's supportive. She's you know she has some health issues, so she hasn't been out to see me uh, in quite a while. But um, but she's you know supportive and she's right um, around.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm glad you have that. Uh, the the coffee shop show. What's that called?
0: Uh, The place is called Cafe America. It's in uh, Belmede, which is just south of Hillsborough, uh, a little bit north of Princeton. And it's, uh, you know, it's a nice coffee shop. The the owner opened right before the pandemic started. And they opened through the pandemic, even though people weren't obviously coming in as much for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I went in there. I basically told the owner it would cost him no money you know, and everyone who comes in sh- is going to buy something. So uh, it's kind of been a good thing for both of us.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Like, I, I always wonder about that, like how you, because I've seen Angela do it a lot and it's like, how do you convince them <laughs> to let you do that? And it's cool that they let you do that. Yeah, I mean, in my, my, I mean,
0: some people go in there and they manage to come up with a deal that makes them money. So right. I can't really be, you know, Pat myself on the back that much. I just have a place where I can put shows on. I lose money every month because I advertise it. I pay to advertise it in in the patch, and uh, and if the tip jar is low, like last night, I t- I threw twenty dollars of my own money in there. But you know, it's it's a good experience. You know, this way I know I get to host at least once a month. Right, I like help. I get to help people out. Everybody's you know grateful to have a spot. The audiences not always are super great audiences as far as laughing, but there are always people there. I've had, you know, I think 30 is the lowest number of people I've had at one. So, you know, so in that sense, it's been, I think a net positive overall. Do you like hosting? Um, I don't particularly enjoy it.
1: Mm. I feel
0: like if I want to, you know, I guess be, ultimately be useful to somebody or where they say, Hey, I need a host for a show. You know, you know, I know Steve does it. I've seen him do it, you know, and he's, uh, so to me, it seems like something you need to do if you want to be able to, I guess, get booked. So, and it's also good to put yourself in situations where you're not comfortable. Like just a quick story, like last night, I'm usually okay with hosting, but I noticed that everybody in the half of the room closest to the stage uh, was there to, to see me. I knew all of them. People I worked with were there last night. My family was there, family, friends. If that was a bringer, I would have brought like 14 people. Right. So all the people who, who, who came to see the show on their own were in the back half of the room. So I had to get up on stage, and I had to do crowd work with the back half of the room, who, was, who were at least 10 feet away from me, which was just a little weird. So it was uncomfortable, but I managed to make it work. And um, so it was challenging. So I guess a challenge a challenge is always good. Yeah, I didn't and, know
1: when when I saw your last set, uh, your set at um, not on Friday, but on the uh, show that you were on with Max. And oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You were at that show. That was that was another. That was very challenging too. Because I know that she gave you like fifteen minutes, so I was like. You know, I was curious how everyone was gonna do and I thought you did pretty well. I was like, Yeah. You know, I always think like am I gonna I would think like if I was given that I could do it now because the first time I did fifteen minutes was um I uh, was like maybe two years in and uh there's this comedian, uh, Francisco Palladino, and he has like a manager, so he was like putting on shows oh, okay. already, like one man shows like Basically, and he was actually really good, but I i was one of the people opening for him, and you know, I'm like only a year, two years in, barely, and I had to do 15 minutes, and my set just ended up being so weird. And like, you know, I was like, well, now I just let the through this because I'm like, I should have just left stage and been like, well, that's all I have. <laughs> I was like, I want yeah. to be committed, I was like, well, they get me,
0: yeah, I, I didn't want committed. to like
1: waste it and be like no i don't have that just be like yeah so it's always cool and i always think like whenever you have something like that that's what makes it like that's what makes you better when something goes sort of crazy or wrong or something you're just like that's what you learn from and that's how you get better
0: yeah for that show my goal was to just go up there and just plow through the set and just get whatever laughs i could and i knew it wasn't going to go tremendously because there was you know a smaller audience they were far right. away from stage it was 57 degrees in the room yeah and I had seen the comics that go before me do okay and I thought they were good so um so uh and uh so yeah I, I mean that went okay yeah so I had the 15 minutes um so that was you know that's just being but I've also done 15 minutes earlier on like you Where I, you know, I got off and I didn't know it, but I really had no business, you know, telling. Right.
1: It's like, yeah, you're like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's so the moral of the story is not every opportunity is worth taking. If you don't have 15, don't take it. I mean, I knew I had. Exact pretty much 15 at that point that I. And um, so it worked out okay. So but that was really nice that you came to support that show. Oh yeah, I was. You were the best. You and your mom were the best audience members, far and away. Oh, we always try to be. <laughs> there was one guy in the corner who we were talking to later. He was pretty good too, but I think the other people, I don't know, they were yeah. too old or too far away, and yeah. You
1: know. I was just like, it was cool because like my mom was gonna go, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna go, but I was like, I I need to see. Like, I should probably support Max, and then I saw that you were on, and I saw that um. Uh, Steve was on, and I was yeah. like, "I haven't seen Steve yeah. in a minute." So, little yeah. Steve Lukather. So, I need to see both of you. So, I was like, "Yeah, he's
0: always fun to watch." So I was Like,
1: you know, when you haven't seen someone in a while, you're like, well, I should go see them?" And I should support. Yeah, Max. it was like a thing of like not like a chore, kind of, but it was like, you know, I was like, "Oh, I need to do
0: this." Like, this yeah, is you're probably curi- something you your think, curiosity yeah. to see how it would actually play out because if you're not there, you're never really going to know. But and, and I was, was- to see Steve also because see steve in front of that crowd just to see how he would handle it it's just because he's you know he's an, just an interesting comedian to watch yeah
1: yeah i had him on the podcast he's very funny oh you he's, did I'll have yeah to that. he's he's so great but uh yeah it was cool to have him and uh see his see how he's gone and developed and everything because he just when i first met him he was just so funny and it was cool, like, to sort of see someone. And that's the cool thing to me, too, is like seeing people grow. Like, that's the biggest thing to me. Like, you're, you're, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Colorado. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. When he started, like, it's just so weird to, like, think of, like, I've sort of seen that transformation of, like, you see that transformation happen all the time where someone goes, like, to where they become good. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I mean, that's why you that's why you should, you know, you don't judge anybody by where they are because you don't know where they're going to end up. And, I mean, he is working extremely hard. Yeah. He's out constantly trying to hit as many mics per night as he can. So, I mean, it's just all about working.
1: Yeah. And he does, like, his other job, too, really well. So, it's like, you know, he's he really works hard. Yeah, being,
0: being an adult, right? He's married, yeah. got a
1: job, twisting balloons,
0: and uh, right. <laughs> and he's working hard to improve.
1: Yeah, yeah. so he does – yeah, it's always great. Um, so I just wanted to finish up with asking you, uh, sure. do you have any other stories of, like, hecklers that were similar to the one that happened at Juan's Mike? Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. Let's see. I was at a mic at the Boulevard. Uh, and there was a woman who was just talking through everyone's set. She just would talk to them. And no matter what they said to her, what they said to her, she wouldn't stop. And I had to be mean to her to try to get her to stop. And I, it was it felt really crappy. Right. It felt crappy to be mean to somebody who wasn't necessarily, you know, being mean to you, just being very disruptive. Yeah. I, I have a couple quick things to say because I know we ran over. Number one, I've noticed there's a lot more heckling now than when I did comedy previously. I, oh. don't, I and again, it's a personal experience. I had very little experience with heckling the first four years I did comedy, and and the year I've been back, I'd say I've had five, six, seven, ten times as much. Oh and wow! I, maybe it's just the places I'm going to, or yeah. But I just am noticing that, and. One other story I wanted to tell you, this is, this is a funny one. Valentine's Day, I'd been doing comedy a year and a half. I did comedy at a show at the station in Cranberry. This was Mike Bonner's show. He ran it every week for like many, many, many years, like six or seven years. Right. And I did it, a show on Valentine's Day. So I, I should have stayed home. I went there and I bombed so badly that a woman halfway across the room, when I told a joke that got nothing, I heard her say, that joke wasn't funny but she was half a room away from me and she whispered it
1: that's (laughs) oh my god that's right that's yeah that happened (laughs) it's like yeah uh, i don't know how like to me when i had uh like my first sort of like heckling that happened to me was always uh i always felt bad because when i did bring her shows to new york uh i did a lot of my like Atheist material, and I'd be like, "Oh shit, I upset someone's grandma again." <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, I was like, you know, my thing was like, I never heck, I never get heckled by like people that you expect—someone drunk or someone like, you know, younger. It's like, no, it's like an eight-year-old woman hates me, <laughs> right? Because you know,
0: you're, if you're around comedians, <laughs> you mention atheism, you're like, "Buddy's on board," but if you go somewhere where there's a religious person. Yeah, so and older people tend to trend more religious. Yeah, yeah So I was so, like that would happen. Like Hero, did she yell at you?
1: Uh, no, but they just—I just noticed like they get upset, and it's like you know I never want to do that because to me my thing was always like I never like my thing was like I never hold I always say like not stupid if you believe in anything. My thing is I just find these parts just funny, you know. Yeah, these things from it just funny, and you know I try to keep it like kind of in a way of not being mean but the other thing that happened was i did a joke that was sort of a riff and it really messed me up because personally because i was like is that my voice like is that a joke that i do it seemed too far to me and like it was just a riff off the top of my head uh it was uh basically like charlottesville had happened okay recently and i said like if i ever learned to drive would just end up like that and uh, and it didn't even make me like, content with the regular crowd. like they didn't care, but, like, there was an old lady that didn't like it and she held me. And then I was I was at the spring show, so I was, like, I sort of just got off stage, like, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, like, maybe two minutes into my set, which was, you know, bad. And I was just, like, you know, I just sort of, like, ran away. Which was, like, it was, like, fight or flight, and I just flight immediately
0: yeah and, yeah uh, i mean, i know we've gone over but that's i just wanted to say that that's i think at the
1: beginning it's
0: it's very common to do
1: yeah and then there was the comic there that i'm supposed to have on the podcast sooner or later uh that i met and he uh went up and like yelled at her afterwards and yeah. it was like oh that's kind of cool that he did that for me but he was like, yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's
0: after you do it but it while. was like you, you know can get
1: and now I notice when I, there's hecklers and stuff, like I'm a little too far the other way. Like I'm, I'm meaner right away to them. Like there's a guy at a, a Bar 13 who um, he's like kind of this heavy set guy. Where he, uh, he always sits up front. He's been doing stand-up a little bit too, but he always heckled and Like not in a mean way, but like just tended to do that
0: yeah so just the second time
1: me. I was there, I yelled at him I went there and I told him like, don't heckle me and he was cool about it, but I was like, yeah, don't heckle me And then another story that I have told is, is uh, I was at um one of the last times that I was at the uh the Nip and Tuck. uh there was a uh there was a family there. there's this guy in his family and he had uh his two kids there one was like, you know, seven when I was like 16 oh boy. and he was heckling. So, oh. and, you know, going back and forth between like, you know, kind of like heckling, but I guess, trying to be involved in a good way. Like, you know, but he just didn't know. And I got very like upset by it. Cause I was like up next and I was like, this is happening. So <laughs> what I said was I got on stage and I was like, don't heckle me or I will shit on your chest and shit on your kid's chest and make you all watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great.
0: You know, that's, you know, he's trying to
1: show up. And it was like, it was just like, was just like, like the worst, them. like most extreme thing that I ever said, but it's completely opposite of everything that I had ever done with a heckler before Of being like, you know, don't fuck this up for me. Cause my thing is always like, especially there. I hate that. I don't really like that, Mike. I'm trying to get better attitude about it. It's like, if I can just get through this, like, don't like, but you sort of have that. You're like, this is my time. I got to make sure that I keep it. No, I think it's great. I think, I think it's good. I think you need to, you needed to assert your dominance and you did. Yeah. So that was like a funny thing that just happened. I was like, you know, no one really expected it. And I was just like, yeah, well, this is, you know, and they have like five minutes. What am I? Yeah. Good for you, I I'm, I'm on your
0: side on that one. Yeah.
1: So if guy I kept
0: his mouth shut. If he kept his mouth shut. He'd yeah. Never so he wh- kept his
1: mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. not like
0: you randomly picked him out and said that you were going to shit on his chest and shit on his kid's chest. He <laughs> yeah. starts with you. So, yeah. It's like, so I was like, okay, time.
1: this guy's being a problem. It's like, what yeah. am I going to do? Cause you just got to combat it right away. Yeah, or... absolutely. It's otherwise
0: it's a sign of weakness. So you did great.
1: Right. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to finish asking. Do you have any upcoming shows or anything?
0: Uh, I don't know when this is going to probably, post.
1: Probably next week. Probably ne- uh, next, like this upcoming. Not to, not today, but next Saturday. Uh, so I
0: actually have two shows in the next week, so that won't, that that's not going to work. So oh, I okay. have a show. I got booked on a show December ninth, but that's like at a. It's like a, It's a VFW show, so I think that's a private show. I have my show at the coffee house on the eighteenth, and I think that's all I have coming up right now. So right, so um,
1: do you have uh, like any social media stuff?
0: Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Steve underscore Schwartz underscore NJ, uh, and you can find me on Facebook too. Steve All right. Schwartz, C H W A R C.
1: Great. Thank you so much for doing this and for oh, uh, for doing this.
0: Yeah. Thanks That's for the invite. I time. really appreciate it. <laughs> it was great talking to you. A lot of fun. Right, great. I'll see you soon, man. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye. bye.